You're ready to be premature wow, all over again. Wow, that's, that's impressive. Quick, quick reset. Yeah. Quick reset. Yeah, yeah. That's right. Licking okay. gin balls. It's just going to be a vicious cycle. Who knew the job was pro bono? I was so high that um, I shit myself at some point. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, get still here. Somebody, somebody, everybody mute. Goddamn, you're killing me. My SEAL Team 6 went to SEAL Team 12. <laughs> <laughs> There's nothing wrong with punching above your weight. The fight you get better. Well, I don't know what's worse. You're a ginger or you've been vaccinated. You sit around and drink and solve the world's problems, right? Hey, let's go ahead and unwrap this present <laughs> so, uh, and let the I... debate begin. All right. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. New week, new topic. This is going to be something a little different than anything we've ever done. I know we say that, but it's always true. So, um, maybe you're aware. Maybe you're not. Um, you know what? I'm going to wait. I'm going to wait. Let's just say hey to everybody. And then we'll, we'll get with the topic. I know with the censorship one, I jumped right into the topic. I'm, I'm already geared up for that, but I need to dial it back a bit. So gentlemen, how's everybody doing? Hey. <laughs> Why'd you turn your cheek? What was that? Because <laughs> you said you wanted to say hey to everybody. Hey. And, and, my, and I just have to say, I, I, I speak for us all. Damn, it feels good to be a part of the woke ass mob that believes in a vaccine. I'm woke as fuck. <laughs> yeah, you clearly had something to say. You clearly had something to say after the whole Aaron Rodgers debacle. That um, stupid fuck. Yes. Yeah. I, yes. I don't get it. Look, and and Ugh. don't and don't quote Joe Rogan. What are you doing? And don't act like you're intelligent. <laughs> really? I'm an intelligent That's... man. And in the next sentence, you quote Joe Rogan. Yeah. It's he like, said he took doing? his advice to take yeah. ever, ever messing or whatever. Yeah. And he would not be pressured by the woke mob. Like, yeah. whatever, jackass. Well, do, do, and and there, were, there was a further quote he gave, I, I want to say earlier this year, where he was talking about, there's this game in cancel culture and in wokeness, and there's players, and he's not a player. He's above all that. He's better yeah. than all that. Well, and he compared himself to Martin Luther King, which I didn't even oh. bother to listen to that quote. <laughs> Oh, it was so out of context. Oh, what a douche. What a Have fucking words. douche. Yeah, so that's how I'm going. I feel All right. good. All right. I feel good. That's good. So you're not taking horse drugs. That's what I'm hearing here. I'm that's not. what I'm getting. I'm, okay. not, I'm not. I'm not. Well, we Other are things, glad you're awake. But not, but not horse medicine. That's it. Well, he's not taking them. He's not taking because you have to take them anally. So. That's right. Oh, yeah. Oh, they're suppository. Oh, you, I, you soak the suppository. Okay. I don't know how that works. Weird. Um, <laughs> let, can, let's move on. Um, what do you soak it in? Let's move on. Because that's <laughs> the problem. LS, right? that's, LSD. That's LSD. Is what do you soak, soak it with, right? Yeah. Yeah. LSD. Yep. Uh, Sugar cubes. Mac, with you, it's Reaper whiskey. Other people, it may be different. Damn right. That's it. Um, you live life on the edge. All right. So everybody's here. Got everybody in the studio this week. Super excited about this one. Um, Glad everybody's doing well. Let's go ahead and waste no time and jump into our drinks. I'm going to go first. I can't remember. I didn't look through the messages. I can't remember if I sent this out or if it got sent out, but I was scrolling through Instagram and I came because I like aviation gin and I came across Ryan Reynolds. So, so I can tell by Mac, maybe by your reaction. Do you know what I this want to is? know how it is? Okay. So he knows what this is. <laughs> is this the giblet? Yeah. The rib. The, the rib gin giblet? riblet. The gin riblet. Or the giblet. Yeah. Blech. Riblet. Barbecue sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, stealing your thunder. Go for thank, it. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, so right out of the gate, he says, you know, he doesn't name them obviously by name, but he says the the pork shaped sandwich is back. So I decided to make a glass shaped cocktail in honor of it. And so it's called the gin riblet, and it is 
aviation gin, tomato juice, barbecue sauce, and a splash of a squeeze of lemon juice. So I basically took that recipe. I doubled it. It's like, you know, one and a half ounces of gin, four ounces of the tomato juice, a, a squeeze of lemon, and then half ounce of barbecue. So I doubled everything and I made it. But, and you guys will be pleased because this is who I am, homemade barbecue sauce. That's what I did. <laughs> and uh, so, yes, I'm homemade barbecue sauce in mine. And it is basically, I mean, it's like a Bloody Mary, obviously. Well, um, don't, but don't sweeter. they actually call it the Bloody Mary's uh, sexy cousin? Yes. I guess what he refers to it as. So it's basically a Bloody Mary without the heat, the spice from like the the horseradish and all that. <laughs> and then the sweetness it's a Bloody Mary yeah. without all the good shit. Right. And then the sweetness of the barbecue sauce. Honestly, I, I don't know. I mean, I prefer like a sweet St. Louis barbecue where I know, Haas, you're probably more of that Carolina vinegar barbecue. So I don't know if it'll necessarily work for you, but I imagine you can use a barbecue sauce of your choice. And I know you like gin. But it is hmm. called the gin riblet, and it's actually pretty good. My barbecue sauce is is excessively sweet, so it works with the the tomato juice and the gin. Kind of cuts through that. Um, what do you put in a, your barbecue sauce? That's a that's a secret recipe, man. What the <laughs> fuck do you think you're doing here? I don't give that away. Um, you, 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 I will you, beep you all of this out. out. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> you go in a shower. <laughs> you um, go in the shower. And hey, what did you say, Mac? You got to make sure you watch him when he does it. <laughs> that's it. That's it. That's right. It's that creamy margarita. Um, I put stuff in my barbecue sauce. What's this? I, Why is it so viscousy? I don't yeah. get it. <laughs> I can give you the recipe <laughs> offline if you'd like. Red, not it's the white. Elmer's. It's the that's Elmer's right. glue. It's my Alfredo it really, barbecue. It really ties the drink together. <laughs> yeah. um, plenty of brown sugar, some Worcestershire sauce, some hot sauce. You can use ketchup, tomato sauce. Uh, I use tomato sauce as my base. I'm sure some people use ketchup because it already has sugar in it. But those are the basic ingredients for what I do. Okay. Cook that up and then can it, jar it, whatever, and stick it in the fridge. And go to town. You left so, out love, a pinch love. of love. <laughs> I worked that up in the bathroom. I worked that up in the bathroom. So that, that, yeah, it's called the gin riblet in honor of the rib sandwich. So that's what I'm having. All right, Max, since you knew my drink, obviously, um, what are you having? Yeah. I'm, uh, as I mentioned to you guys, we you know, made a stop on the way down to uh, South Carolina at the Costco. Cause you know, why, why don't just go buy alcohol when you're on vacation. Right. And picked up a bottle of basil Hayden. Uh, Kentucky bourbon whiskey. Never really seen it, you know, easy, you know, in the ABC stores in North Carolina. Um, so saw it sitting there on the shelf and was like, yeah, fuck it, I'll give it a shot. Uh, but right next to the Elijah Craig small batch. Uh, it's pretty good. It's, um, I think it's 80 proof, so it's pretty smooth. Uh, doesn't have a whole lot of bite to it. What would you pay for a fifth? It was $32. But, and that was the problem I had. The Elijah Craig was 24 so I was kind of, I was torn. I, I it, it's good. I still think I like the Elijah Craig small batch better though. Um, so I, I wish I would have bought that one in one. There, there's a Costco on the way home too. So, you know, oh, cause you need to go and spend and, a little more money. Well, I got to stop and get gas at Costco anywhere. Right? Yeah, so, absolutely. You know, Might as well. While you're there. So just Basil Hayden, uh, neat on the rocks. It looks like it's just neat. Uh, it was, well, it was on the rocks at one point, but. Yeah, was that no, over kind of was crushed that, ice? Was that crushed ice? <laughs> it, it, yeah, it was. Uh, it was originally crushed ice. I had to uh, dump that out and uh, gotcha. get, get regular ice because I couldn't figure out how to work the ice maker. So it's basically a frozen 
frozen concoction with your crushed ice. It's a whisker. It's a whiskerita. whiskerita. There Got you it. go. Okay. All right. Basil Hayden by itself on the rocks, frozen. Got it. Okay. Sounds yeah. good. Uh, Haas, what are you doing today? Gin and tonic. Water. Got it. Uh, whoa, yep. gin and tonic. Water. My bad. Okay. Yep. That's, That's it. What, uh, what gin are you using? The Monkey botanist. 47. Oh, the no, I went into the botanist. Uh, yeah. Yep. Yep. Gotcha. And so easy peasy. Is it a specific type easy of tonic peasy. or just a, just a generic? Uh, what is this? Fentiman's premium Indian tonic water. Okay. Yeah. There you go. There you go. Looks like a fever tree bottle. Yeah. I mean, that's also it a good brand as well. Yeah. yeah. Gin and tonic. Easy peasy. Yep. Not wrong with easy that. Easy peasy. Fresh and squeezy. All right. Well, then let's finish up. Grinch, what did your wife make you to drink today? I, you know what? I, I, I'm... <laughs> Don't don't I, you fucking I manned lie. up and made my <laughs> she, own drink. Today. She's at work, isn't she? <laughs> I did it yeah. with a bad attitude. I was huffing and puffing the whole time. <laughs> I was she's, she's like, what's wrong? I'm making my own fucking drink. Uh doing a pineapple breeze. Um, which, you know, I mean, a very simple version of that is literally pineapple and spiced rum or rum of your choosing, but uh added a little bit to this with um some lime juice, uh, a little bit of nutmeg. Uh, this particular um, recipe does call for like some rosemary in it, which I just didn't have. So I don't have that, but I am using uh, Topo Organic Spiced Rum, which is made up in Chapel Hill. Uh, it caught my eye. Uh, it's the top of the hill distillery in Chapel Hill. So ain't good. Uh, How is that? Yeah, I think it's pretty good. Is that like solar infused? Mm. Um, you're thinking of the mother earth. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Well, we know you like that but it is Awkward organic stuff. if that makes you feel better it does. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's got a good flavor good so that's what so, i'm having. pineapple breeze pineapple breeze gin and tonic basil hayden by itself on the rocks frozen and then my gin riblet all right well gentlemen cheers one more time cheers cheers all right, so let's jump into our topic. As I said at the outset, this is going to be different than one we've done before. So maybe you are aware, maybe you're not, of a little something called TED Talk. For the listeners out there, if you're not aware, the TED conferences are, tech, are technology entertainment design conferences that have been around almost 40 years. Um, and they have had some major players in terms of speakers uh, that have attended TED conferences. Uh, and they they tend to be focused around a number of things in terms of scientific, cultural, political, humanitarian, and academic topics. Luckily for you, this ain't that, but this is our version of Ted talk. And what we're going to talk about today, if you've been living under a rock and you're not aware is a little show called Ted Lasso. Now, uh, disclaimer may or may not be spoiler alerts right here. So yes, we're going to be talking about Ted Lasso. And again, full disclaimer, may or may not be spoilers here. So if you haven't watched the show, I suggest you hit pause right here if it's something you intend to watch. And if you don't care, keep listening. I don't know what they, these gentlemen will talk about, so I can't guarantee that anything will be spoiled. But I'm just, as a disclaimer, want to protect our listening audience and just let them know the possibility exists. So that is going to be our topic. little background before we start. For those, again, that may not be aware, Ted Lasso was a mockumentary style commercial that was started by the NBC sports station back in 2013, and it starred Jason Sudeikis and Brendan Hunt as his assistant coach. Uh, I don't even know what you would have called him. Uh, you called him Coach Beard. 
Yeah, but I don't even think they mentioned his name in the commercial. But in the summer of 2013, in the promotion of NBC Sports carrying the Premier League from England here in America, they came up with this four-minute mockumentary style, an American coach goes to England and coaches Tottenham Hotspurs. Uh, It was hilarious. Uh, And then the following year in 2014 in the summer, again promoting the Premier League, they did another short skit with Jason Sudeikis. After that, it disappeared. I was super disappointed. I thought the commercials were hilarious. They were funny, uh, kind of on point in terms of the American mentality to coaching and how that might be portrayed over in England. And then lo and behold, uh, what, year and a half ago, two years ago, they made the announcement that they are going to have Ted Lasso. And at the time, I didn't realize this. Ted Lasso, it was the series. I thought it was potentially a movie. And then in 2020, the freshman season, the very first season came out, 10 episodes to... A ton of fanfare. It was uh, nominated for 20 primetime Emmys. It was the most nominated freshman comedy in Emmy, win- uh, Emmy history uh, with a number of winners. And they have now done their second season. It just wrapped up this past summer, 12 episodes, and they are getting ready. They've already been greenlit for a third season. And so this is what we're going to talk about today. Clearly not a debate. Maybe. I Maybe it is, maybe it's not. I don't know. But that's what we're going to talk about. So first and foremost, I'd love to know everybody's opinion about this show, because I know we've all seen it. And that was one of the reasons we agreed to do this talk. I was Great, last greatest table. show. I should go last. You were okay. Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. As with most I'll things. Throw it you, out there. Greatest show on TV right now, I think. Greatest show on earth. You heard it here. Uh, I said on TV right oh, on now. On TV. On right Easy. now. Okay. Okay. <laughs> uh, I know, Mac, you and I had this conversation when they first talked about doing this, when they first promoted the idea. Dude. And and we had said he was an incredibly one-dimensional commercial character. Like the shtick was potentially going to get old if they tried to do like a movie's one thing, right? It's a one and done. Now you're talking about doing a series. And could right, there was very- some concern about how are they going to kind of build out this character who you know, the, the whole premise is, you know, he goes from American football to international football. And, you know, how many jokes can you really milk out of something like that? Uh, right. In other know, words, our MO, kind of, our yes, standard yes, MO. Absolutely. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, squeeze it dry. But I think. And, and then water it and come back and, and then do it again. Right it there. And, and do it again. Yeah. Um, I think part of the, the success of the show and why it has been. Well, there's, there's a lot of reasons why it's been really good. Um, but I think one of the reasons that they, they've been able to do what they've done is they brought on a good group of writers and producers and, and Bill Lawrence being one of those people. You know, Bill Lawrence has been at the helm of several really good uh, sitcoms, uh, including Spin City. Um, back, you know, Yeah, Cougar Town, uh, Scrubs, you know, a show that I know several of us here like. So, you know, they, they brought the right people in, I think, to try and make sure this was going to be a success. I agree. Yeah, I, on that note, I'll say this. My, my, it, my wife couldn't care less about sports. She couldn't care less about a program or any kind of a show having to do or revolve around sports. When we sat down to watch this, she was giving me a grace of like two, three episodes tops. One of her biggest things when it comes to watching program is it better have good writing, you know, as someone who is a former writer, professional writer, and as someone who that is quintessentially important to her, um, she was blown away. I couldn't get her to stop watching it. Uh, I was actually afraid she was going to watch ahead 
uh, of me. And then I was going to play catch up, which was a great surprise. It was a pleasant surprise because anybody who hasn't seen it, I mean, the writing is just hands down phenomenal uh, to kind of reiterate what you were getting at Mac. I mean, I just, I am constantly blown away between the dichotomy of the comedy and the drama of it both and how well they intertwine them both simultaneously. Um, yeah, it was interesting. Cause again, I, I love the commercials and I would just laugh hysterically a lot of the tropes in terms of American coaches and their approach to the sport of American football and how that translated to, to the English game. And I think, yes, having the right writers was key, but also having the right cast has absolutely been yeah. critical in yeah, making this that's work. That's a great point. A great and point. kudos to Jason Sudeikis, or however you say his last name, because his range in this show has been absolutely phenomenal. You know, a lot of actors tend to kind of get pigeonholed in terms of, like, they, they come across very one-dimensional, but surprisingly enough, his range here has just been outstanding in the, in the what, 22 episodes now that have been aired. Um but I went into it with a lot of skepticism that first season going, you know, cause Mackie and I talked and was like, this may get old real quick. Those jokes are going to work. Maybe you stretch them out two or three episodes, but if they keep hammering them home, like you said, rinse and repeat very quickly, this is going to dry up and I'm, I'm kind of going to just be turned off by it. But that never happened in season one. Not only did they find a way to make the jokes work and make other jokes, but the story that they wove us, as you mentioned, was, was phenomenal. What? Well, and, and I think Keith <laughs> said that <laughs> was phenomenal, and and being able to weave the intricate storyline through this whole thing. So, and a key to that, though, I think, has been that it's not a show that focuses on Jason Sudeikis and his character of Ted Lasso, right? It, it's an ensemble cast, and I mean the the backstory and the history and the storylines of each of the individual characters has been very good. So you're not focused on just one kind of storyline. You know, you've yeah. got different subplots uh, all along the way that you get invested in. Um, and, and, you know, some of the, the subject matter they touch on, and we'll get to that, I'm sure, you know, it is, it's pretty heavy, but they, they do it in, in a really good way. And, and some of that goes back to, you know, I remember with the show Scrubs, they touched on some pretty heavy, you know, working in a hospital, Bill Lawrence was able to touch on some pretty heavy subjects but do it with a bit of comedy as well. And I think they've, they've managed to do that so far with, with Ted Lasso as well. Yeah. You could just tell that the whole group of the whole cast just seems to really care, you know, not, not unlike folks at a hip hop concert who, uh, whose hands are not in the air. <laughs> right. Um, yeah. I mean, your, your main character is Jason Sudeikis plays Ted Lasso. And then obviously the Rebecca Welton character that owns AFC Richmond that has brought Ted Lasso into coach, you know, brings this person in and you have one, you have one idea about what's going on in terms of bringing him in. And then you find out through the first 10 episodes that there is, there's this underlying, underlying theme from the owner and why she's made the choice to bring him in. And you find that out at the end and it's, it's, painful watching her come to the realization of what she's done and then his approach to dealing with her was i was just like i'm there are times in the show in the first season i'm like i'm fucking drying my eyes i'm like are you fucking kidding me like why am i getting upset like why am i so invested in this fucking show and then i watch it a second time and it's the same way and i'm like okay clearly it's a good show so, i think uh <clears throat> the, i think the thing about the show that stood out to me the most and why it, it got the hooks in 
Um, and as I mentioned, I was last to the table. I know the three of you were telling me how good it was. Um, and then we finally, you know, sat down and I think it was one episode and we're like, yeah, yeah. It's um, like Love Island, and I don't know why you won't give Love Island. I know, a I know. You know, it's 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 certainly on that level. You know, right. it's not quite above it, but on that level. But um, you know, you what I find so attractive about the show is they deal with issues in a way that you feel like you can relate to, as opposed to over the top dramas where such crazy ass shit happens that like you you think of it as fiction because you're just like. Oh my God, like really? You know, like that never happened. But you can you can connect with many of the topics that they bring up and kind of relate and feel like what that character's feeling. And you just you sort of feel like you're you're tight with that that ensemble of characters. It's organic, right? Like there's certain shows you watch and you're like, there's no way that many bad things happen to one person or one group of people. In such a short span of time, and yet you're still successful and happy and prosperous. Like, no. So, right. I, I, I'd like to ask the question as we, since you since you brought that up, Cringe, um, because they do kind of touch on a lot of the stuff, and, and you know, it is kind of to some extent a feel good comedy. Um, they, they touch on some pretty heavy stuff, but is it a situation maybe where it hit at the right time, right? Because this was released kind of right, you know, after COVID started, everybody got, you know, kind of locked down. You know, I think mental health became a big thing in our country, which is good. I mean, it's something that needs to be talked about. But, you know, is this something where it just, you know, 10 years ago, would this the show have been as big of a success as it is now? Um, or did it just hit at the right time? I don't know. Yeah, no, I'd I, like I'm, to believe that it's, it's go ahead. Sorry, I ask a question. No, I, in I, in I other words, I agree. In <laughs> other words, what he's asking is, is that, uh, you know, you think you might be so sure that you're one in a million that sometimes you forget that out there you're just one in 11. <laughs> By the way, well, but I, I don't know why. <laughs> I love the quotes being flat. No, I love I love the quotes coming in. I just started to also <laughs> say hand robbers want your your hands up too, but hand, hand armed armed robbers, armed hand robbers. Hand robbers. <laughs> Give me your hands. Put your arms up. <laughs> um, and of course, it reminded me of the Venn diagram of the overlap between preachers, roller coasters, yes, <laughs> DJs, <and> robbers. <laughs> but uh, no, I, I agree with you, Mac. I mean, I I, I want to say the quote uh, I or the text I wrote to you all after you got me to watch it was like this is the exact show we all need right now. Yeah, you know, to your point, which it just had so much heart. All these other shows out there that are perpetuating just, you know, screwing people over and this and that and whatever. And this one was like, let's just humanize everybody, make it relatable. Well, I know, know, by the way, be funny as shit in the meantime. Yeah. And that was one of the things I know, Mac, you had mentioned, like this guy's positive demeanor. Like, does it ever stop? Right. I mean, that's almost how they portray him at the outset of the show. Like, no matter what happens, no matter what speed bump, roadblock, the guy just has a positive demeanor in everything he does and then you start getting into season two and you find out well there are a few times in season one where he the panic attacks start showing up and you realize okay this guy clearly has the issue and he's not cheery mr bright guy all the time i mean nobody can be that way and i like the fact that they did play the human aspect like on some level there is still torture that is occurring for him 
and it just manifests itself in the form of panic attacks. And so, you know, separation from the family, like when you do the Zoom calls, you know, even though it's short, even though he tries to, to even play that off positively, like the whole reason I came here, you know, I'm here, it's crazy that I'm coaching a team in England, but yeah, there is separation from the wife and the kid and stuff like that. And you find out that that relationship. Some of it's actually stuff that Jason Sudeikis has dealt with with his in his own personal life that he's implemented into this with the 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 anxiety and panic attacks. Yeah. 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 And I think I I couldn't tell if you just said this story, but, you know, his breakup with Olivia Wilde Mm kind of coinciding and it was a very similar Mm -hmm. thing traveled to just heal. Right about what you know. I mean, the biggest thing about the character uh, you know, that he kind of represents is that we all have stuff we're dealing with and you try to put on a good face. Yep. It's when you really get to know people or you let yourself be vulnerable that you provide that potential, you know, to heal and get well, as was the, you know, the case interacting with the therapist. Uh, well, and I think that's a good point, right? Is, is that you can put on this brave face, but at some point you have to open up and, and let somebody help you. You know, I mean, you can't just ignore um, you, you know, problems that you have going on in your life and just try and say, okay, I'm going to smile and wave and, and kind of move on and everything will be okay. You, you need to seek help. And we've talked about this before. I think, you know, the, the whole, yes. you know, issues with mental health in in our country and, and every country, honestly, and uh, especially nowadays, you know, and that's why I say, I think, you know, this just really hit at the perfect time. I, th- I think it would have been a good show no matter when it hit. But it really hit at the right time when, when everybody was starting to deal with some of that stuff. And it's, it's starting to get to be more accepted so that you can put that in a show and kind of look at it from, from both sides. Agreed. Uh, real quick, I just want to take a quick pulse of the group. Season one, we'll just focus on season one. I'd like to go around the room. Everybody's favorite character, season one. Mac, let's start with you. Don't worry, you're not going to steal anybody's thunder. If if somebody says the same thing, don't worry about that. You just tell no, us. No, no. Well, I mean, because there's only so many characters, right? right? right it's, yeah. But but that's the problem. You you want me to narrow it down to one person, and that's a tough a tough thing to do because I I really kind of enjoyed all of the characters. Um, now, could I ask? I if think, you're going to ask the same question about season two, given that we know some of the characters aren't. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Is I mean, that where that, you're going that, with this? That's why I wanted to just do okay. one season at a time. Yeah, yeah, it yeah. Definitely no, changes. No, I can, I can keep the two okay. separated. In gotcha. my mind. Uh, Mac, do you want us to come back? To you? Um, do, do you want us to I, get I, you I the think... line on that? Maybe we can get you the line. Yeah, and come back. Okay, <laughs> we can get the biggest line on who, who the favorite character is from season one. Um, no, I think for me, season one, you know, it was a little more of a feel good show, so you didn't kind of deal with a lot of the, you know, going too in depth with things. I, I would probably go with like Roy Kent. Just kind of the the attitude, you know, yeah. that he brought to the table. Foul mouth. Uh, I, I thought was yeah, was good. Yes. But then you could still see some of the, uh, you know, I, I'm putting on this tough exterior. I'm this foul mouth, you know, guy. But I do have a soft side, you know. Uh, what some, some of the stuff he's done with Keeley and stuff in the first season. Yes. Well, the way he uh, cares about his niece. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Exactly. I thought the interesting thing in season one was. It was when they're doing the charity event, when Rebecca puts on the charity event that normally mm-hmm. is hosted by her ex. And uh, one of the uh, yeah, one of the other characters there, Jamie Tart, kind of Roy's nemesis in terms of uh, characters. Right. And they're they're um, people in the audience are bidding on a chance to be with somebody and Keely starts bidding on Roy. And he, he's like, Holy shit, because Keely is dating Jamie at the time. And then afterwards it was really just a ruse to get under Jamie's skin. And he even goes to her like, 
don't, don't fucking do that again. Like you could tell he was getting excited, but then it kind of pulled the rug out from under him when he found out that she was really doing it just to get under Jamie's skin. He was like, don't do that to me. And it was like, again, that was kind of a humanizing thing for him. Like I am a hard ass, but that hurt, that hurt his feelings. And he was like, don't do that. And fun fact, the guy who plays Rory Kent is one of the writers. Goldstein, yeah, he's one of the writers, one of the main writers. <clears throat> and yeah, Brett, Brett, um, oh, Brett, Brett they, they, uh, they, they, he kept writing it, and he's admitted that basically Roy Kent is a version of himself. And when he submitted his proposal to try out for the part, he knew that it was he was really just going to be cathartically playing himself through this role. Uh, and, and maybe that's why it's so good, right? Because so sometimes that that's you know you look back at like two and a half men is the one that I would compare it to. I mean Charlie Sheen was he was not acting he was yeah. playing himself and it, you know and, and that's what made that show so good. So maybe you know because he is just basically playing himself here that that's why you can you know see through it and and enjoy it so much. Yeah, well, and the inspiration of Roy Keane you from know, Man which, United, yeah, yeah, yeah. which which was that. the character is based on. <laughs> You know, it's funny that you mentioned that because Bill Lawrence is obviously the showrunner for this. He was the showrunner for Scrubs. And when they were casting the parts for Scrubs, John C. McGinley comes in and he plays Percival Cox on the show and he comes in to, to do his audition. And they're like, oh, well, we're looking for a John C. McGinley type. And he's like, then we're done. Like, what do you mean? <laughs> right. you're, looking I mean for, yeah. you're looking for me. I'm here. And so obviously, you know, with Goldstein, if, if it's kind of written as him, then he becomes the perfect person to play that part. Obviously he knows what that the expectation of that character is. So. Yeah, Cause I'm going to tell you, you see, you see Brett Goldstein in an interview and he's a very nice guy and he's very not Roy Keane in a lot of ways. Like he's, he, he admits that he like, all the time. He admits he does. He does cuss a lot. He admits that. And that is, that is true to the character and himself and in, in the writing, but he's, you know, I don't know. He's just, um, he's not as intense, I guess okay. is the best way to put it. All right. Haas, what about you? Season one, favorite character? We've gone a long way around the bend just to come back to you. So, I mean, probably yeah, I gonna say, no, nobody's going to get a, a vote now. Season <laughs> one's probably for me, Ted Lasso. Starting with yeah. him. Yeah, because it kind of, okay. kind of, it kind of starts with him, and it's like you said, it doesn't end with him, and that's no. the that's one of the, the the most beautiful parts about this this program is, uh, it's it's not a singular focus. It's it's definitely buckshot, right. uh, and I appreciate that, and I appreciate the way they handle that. But um, yeah, I mean, for me, season one is yeah, my favorite is probably Ted Lasso. Okay, and Grinch, what about you? Season one. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> and I assume this goes for us all. I mean, there's nobody I don't like. I mean, even even J- Jamie Tart's character, like you understood he was playing the prima donna forward. And then of course, as he, you start to unpack you his find relationship out. with his father, like, you know, he, his arc is fantastic as well, but uh, yeah, I'm, go- I'm going with beard <laughs> coach beard. I, I just loved kind of, he was, he's, he's almost like the observer of it all. And yeah. he just grounds Ted, you know, he no makes nonsense. These really funny comments. He sees everything. <clears throat> You know, like he's always got the support for the quote, you know, like or he he sets up the quote. Uh, I I thought I I thought he played his role perfectly. Uh, I mean, all of them did, really. But he's the one that like as I think back on some of just the funny moments, you know, like when Ted's running across the field to his family and he's like metaphor. (laughs) 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 Yeah, he gets there and he's like, 
kind of thought you'd meet me halfway. Yeah. <laughs> he is the no nonsense character of that, that dynamic duo between him and Ted, right? He is the guy that is always grounded. He is the guy that always yeah, keeps has... him anchored. Right. But, and, but you're and... right. He does have just those little, you know, those little one line things that you just, you know, and, and they're very intellectual a lot of times, you know, I, I don't remember the, the exact scenario, but Jamie's going on about something and he compares somebody to a Philistine and he's walking out and he's like, and you're going to want to look up that, Philistine. <laughs> <laughs> just like, that's right. you know, didn't call him out in front of everybody, yeah. which I thought was good. He's just kind of like, probably going to want to go look that up. This going to make you aware. Well, he's, yeah. he's definitely the one doing the legwork, right? Like he's definitely the one, you know, in the trenches, putting in the time. And we, oh, he's, you, you feel like Lasso's character is more of the inspirer. And yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And that was the thing. I think they, they saw that when they made that mockumentary style commercial and the commercial Ted Lasso's character was playing to all the cliches and the tropes of American football coaches. And Brennan Hunt was the guy in the background. Anytime Ted would say something, it's like he would immediately correct him. Like he, he, he seemed to be the guy that knows the sport has the answers. And it's the one person Ted can defer to. It's like, wait, what, what are we doing again? And he is like, he's always there with the answer, uh, but he doesn't play his character over the top he can really just get you with a look. And I know he's done that with some of the characters. Like they'll just look at him and he's just staring at him. Like, I got you. I know exactly what the mm -hmm. fuck you're doing. Um, all right. So yeah, we'll finish. And, and for him to, you know, I mean, they don't dwell on this, but for him to come over with Ted, you to know, take that chance yeah. is obviously showing, you know, he's a wingman. He believes in him. Um, yeah. And then obviously like his um, loneliness gets explored as well of just kind of where he is in life. And I think they do a great job of that. Yeah. So we'll um, talk about that whole episode later. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I will finish out my, my favorite character from season one, everybody, obviously you guys, all, all great characters would be uh, Nick Muhammad's character of Nate Shelley. Um, the very unassuming, very quiet, very shy who starts out as the kit manager uh, taking care of everything kind of behind the scenes. Uh, his character arc in season one, when Ted just kind of pulls him under his wing and it's like, Hey, let's, let's help you grow as, as an individual and, and as part of the AFC Richmond. So I really liked where they started with him when they first get there and they're walking on the field and he's like, Hey, you can't be on the grass. He's like, Oh, I'm the new, I'm the new manager. He's like, great. You still can't be on the grass. Like, get off the grass. <laughs> To the beginning, I believe, of the 10th episode where he thinks he's getting fired and oh, yeah. turns out they've got a contract for him to be a manager, an assistant manager. I really liked his character arc because he they forced him out of his shell during the entire arc of season one. So I really liked uh, kind of Nate's character in season one. He would probably be my Well, and he seemed very appreciative of the fact that finally somebody there Noticed saw him. something in him, yes. you know, that he wasn't just the kit man. You know, he, he's got ideas. He's been around the sport and, and he's got something to bring to the table if somebody can just, you know, trust in him a little bit. Right. And Ted yeah. just happens to be that guy. Yeah, he, yeah. He, he symbolized that uh, and acted it out really, really well. Um, you know, one of the things that comes to mind is like when he gives Roy that speech about the Roy I knew was angry at the grass, you know, like, oh, yeah. like find your fire, find your passion. And that's he who kicked the ball. Need. Like he we, found it fucking his wife, <laughs> which was a, it was a great scene from that first season. Yeah. Uh, maybe yeah. not my favorite, but that was a really good scene in the locker room. But yeah. Yeah. It, it, you know, I, I totally agree with you, Thor. He's another fantastic uh, case study of just the arc of a character. And like you said, Mac, he just needs the opportunity, right? All that potential is there. Yeah. And that's the and one that's, thing. And I, that's part of the, Go ahead. No, I was going to say just a, about 
the specific scene that Grinch mentions. And it's one of the things I really liked about Roy's character is it's almost like he gets it. He's been around the sport long enough. So he understands what Nate is doing in that moment. Cause he's reading off that sheet and he slaps it out of his hand. He goes, don't fucking read it. Say it to my face. Like, you know what you want to say. Don't treat me like a child. I'm right here. Say it to my face. And he, in a way is helping him kind of overcome that through just sheer force. And then, yeah. you know, don't, obviously, don't be afraid of me. Yeah, say what you right. want to say. Right. Uh, and part of it is with Nate is it kind of feels like um, like like he got lucky, you know, and, and fell out of the, the lucky tree and hit every branch on the way down and ended up in a pool of cash and Sour Patch Kids, you know. <laughs> that's Damn. one hell of a metaphor there. <laughs> and that's exactly how he's written. <laughs> well, it, and, and we didn't fully know, like, just the pent up animosity he had that came from the relationship with his father, uh, the extent yeah. of it anyway. Um, you know, he didn't have confidence to buy his own suit. You know, there's just all those things. Um, but, you know, jumping back to Kent, um, the, the thing I also loved about watching him um, was he showed how a leader knew when to do certain things at the right time. Like, you know, all the characters are intelligent. You know, that's what I also love. They're like, they're, they're human beings that catch on when you're saying shit to them. Like I got, you know, kind of the humor of like a Jamie Tart not knowing what a Philistine is, which is more education. They're not insinuating he's not smart. You know, um, you just have different kind of smarts. Yeah, yeah. It's it's just well, yeah. Because those... you look at you look at his character, and it's it, you know he's got the whole marketing and brand thing down, which is what he's supposed to do because that's how he sells himself. But yeah, you're right. He doesn't necessarily have the book smarts, maybe. Yeah, um, and obviously we see his maturity. Right. Um, which, which I know that, you know, starts to carry over into season two in terms of his relationship with Roy. Um, but yeah, I just loved Roy. I, I loved how he represented kind of the aging out player, like the yeah. heart, the desire is there. The body is not, you know, as, as we see like numerous times in season two with him fixing his knee, you know, and that kind of stuff. So, I mean, yeah, I, I, I mean, we could obviously spend time on every single one of these characters. Right. I mean, even the, even the, even May, you know, even the even the three the guys that hang out at the guys, bar, the three guys that hang out at the bar. <laughs> and when we have thing, right? we haven't even talked about Keeley or you know, yeah, the owner. yeah, yeah, yeah. You can look at every character in, in the story arc for everybody is really really good. I mean, yeah, you can almost pick out any. You know, you ask us to pick our favorite. You know, our favorite. Oh yeah, yeah absolutely. You know, you pick one, but you could easily say. Okay, well, yeah, you don't want to give me Roy Kent? Fine, I can go pick three more characters that I think are fantastic in this show. Uh, um, fucking Higgins, Leslie Higgins. Uh, yeah, oh, he's, he's, so, <laughs> he's, he's so fucking I, funny. It, it, it's, he's so uh, selfless. Right. And then when you get to start meeting his family more and more, like you just love that dude more and uh, more and more as it goes after on. he gets fired and he's at home with the soul and patch and the play. he's playing he's playing the fucking bass his, his cat cindy, his cat. cindy clawford <laughs> yes but again even a character even, like him he's a minor character on the show but what you find out through the course of season one but he's a he, major character in your heart he is but i mean you find out <laughs> By the things that he has done or not done, the things that he hasn't said that he's kept to himself, you find out about the relationship between the owner and the ex, Rupert, and and how that was an issue. And clearly it's an issue for him. And he comes out at the end, he goes, you're right, I fucked up. I should have been stronger. I should have been better. Um, and ultimately, you know, they do work on that relationship. But really, she's got him there because she's punishing him. 
you know, you did this to me or you allowed this to happen. Right. Mm -hmm. And so it's, and even he, he's just like, I'm going to take it on the chin. I, you're right. I fucked up and I should have been better. Uh, so, I mean, even his character, no, no, go ahead. Uh, That's what I'm saying. Even his character is great. So. Yeah. And you also have the big characters, right? And I'm drawing a complete blank on the character's name. Uh, the lady that comes in as Rebecca's friend, um, Keely Jones, a, a number of, Oh, she calls her stinky, but no, I don't know what the friend's name is, but you have sassy, 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 sassy Collins. Yeah. And Marlboro man. Yeah. You know, those characters that pop up, it's just, it's perfect timing. Um, and I, and I take that back to, you know, again, I, you know, I comparing it to scrubs, another Bill Warren show, you know, he did that really well in that show as well. He had those big characters that, you know, he called them, I think, you know, his comedic assassins, right? They could come in and deliver one line and, and you would just be rolling on the floor. And I think they do that really well in this show as well. Right. He just has the formula in terms of his writing and the writers that he surrounds himself with in terms of writing the show. And he just has the right group of people that make this work. Um I don't want to get obviously football is life. Thank you, Danny Rojas. Yes. Um, but even the football player characters are so minor and yet they're perfect as a team and in terms of how they deal with each other. But I do want to get to season two in terms of everybody's favorite character. I'd like to know if that's changed or if, if season well, one, yes, go. Do we want to take a moment to discuss maybe favorite scene from season one? One. Absolutely. We can do yeah. that. I, Oh, that's a tough one. Oh shit. Um, you you yeah, may I have to go first, Matt, because yeah. I I'd, I'll have to give that some thought if you want to yeah, say more. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, I say, <laughs> yeah, I mean, for me, I would. There, there, there's a number of them, right? And, and a lot of really good scenes. I think for me, though, um, and I don't remember the exact kind of speech he lays out, but it's when they're uh, you're they're in the bar, uh, Ted, Rebecca, and Rupert, and they're playing darts. Um, you know, and he's, he's just kind of going on about how everybody's kind of underestimated him his whole damn life, you know, and they're playing darts and, you know, all of a sudden he's like, yeah, you know, and I played darts with my dad growing up, you know, you probably should have asked me that, not just assumed I didn't know what I was doing because I was an American. Oh, and by the way, I'm left-handed and drills the dart for, you know, a bullseye. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, to me, I just thought that was a very poignant, very good scene. Again, you know. I, you know, we could probably sit here and list off, you know, numerous ones, but that was probably my favorite from season one. Uh, that ranks up there for me. My favorite probably is the one that I, I, I was mentioning earlier is when Rebecca Welton, the realization in terms of what she's done, that she's, she's yeah. set, she set him up from the outset to fail in terms of everything that she's done. She hired a photographer to take pictures with him and Keely. She sets up an interview with him and Trent Krim from the independent, which goes surprisingly well. And then ultimately when she comes to that realization and she goes down into his office and she just lays it out. And all he does is he's like, look, relationships are hard. Divorce makes you do some weird shit. And he said, and he forgives her. And she's like, what? And then when she goes to get, you know, to, to kind of resolve things with Leslie Higgins, she's like, do you know what that piece of shit did? He forgave me. And he's like, what a bastard. (laughs) (laughs) But I don't think it's lost on him. What's going on in terms of Ted. I'm sure it affected right. him on some level, but he was able to rise above it. For me, that was a powerful scene. And it did. I, like, I got emotional. I was like, holy shit. Like, because that's a lot for her to carry around and then just to it, unburden herself and then him be like, you know what? Shit happens and we move on. So that was probably my, my, probably my, my best scene from season one because of the power of that scene. 
Yeah, I, I, I certainly the dart scene, you know, and, and he quotes Walt Whitman, you know, yep. when he's like, be curious, ask questions. Uh, some of the scenes that have stuck with me, and this is just how my brain works, are more of the short, quick impact. When she's like, Ted, you can't yeah. just walk in here. And he's like, well, what if I sauce you? And he kind of dances. Yeah. In. <laughs> <laughs> or, I talked to the owner of the sun. You talk to God. <laughs> you know, yeah. like, some of those just like they were so quick that I was just dying, you know, because of his delivery, like his folksy delivery. Right. And I can't even imagine how they got through a couple of those scenes on set. You know, oh, knowing sure he, was gonna, takes. he was going to he was going to deliver like that. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. Dart scene for sure. And then some of those quick hitters for me and his love of tea. He loves. Yeah, tea. For, uh, <laughs> I, I, I was going to get to that. For me, it's not it's not necessarily a scene. For me, it's two of the comebacks, the callbacks he does. The biscuits, the biscuit, uh, the, biscuits the thing with the, the biscuits, biscuits with the boss. For, is big for me because you know we were always raised you know kill him with kindness and the, the, that's the what that's what he's doing he's he's finding that way to to get in with the culture and then simultaneously anytime he has to bag tea um <laughs> on any of those scenes i know they're callbacks and they happen frequently but anytime it's one of those two threads that are being pulled out i i really enjoy those well and how about the fact order. that she's got like higgins hunting down every bakery in town mm-hmm. to try to figure right. out for those it well, turns and, out, and in the trivia, it says the first biscuits were horrible. She said some yeah. of the best acting I've ever done was eating those biscuits. <laughs> and then the crew was like, "Yeah, we kind of mailed it in. Like we didn't really think you'd eat it like with that much gusto <laughs> right. and enthusiasm." So, so apparently, Hannah, I, they took it. Yeah, I saw an interview with Hannah Waddington, Waddington when she said that uh, at first they wanted to give her a, a bucket to spit in when she ate the cookies and she thought that that would be crass and rude because somebody was taking the time to make these cookies. And she said they were so fucking horrible that eventually she broke down and said, yes, I need a spit bucket to spit these out in because they're just so gross. And, and correct me if I'm wrong. She was the character who shamed Cersei. That's right. Yeah. And the two of them are actually really good friends in real life. Are they okay? <laughs> All right. Shame, shame, shame. <laughs> All right. So we've we've kind of discussed season one, uh, touched on a few of the scenes, some of the major players. Let's move on to season two. Uh, we can go around. I- I'll go first since I went. You know, in terms of characters for season one, I think for season two, my favorite character is probably Ted, and that's you know, Haas. You talked about him in season one, kind of his introduction, and and again, very upbeat, cheery personality. Few incidents in terms of like what really is going on inside. But when we get to season two, I think his character development really kind of takes off. And I will say, it was also probably the one scene from season two, which I'll go ahead and throw out there, was when he goes out to the do- when he goes out after the game and he calls the doctor and he drops the bomb that his dad killed himself. Did not see that coming. Uh, I know he mentions in the dart scene, he goes, I played darts with ev- with my dad every day from the time I was like eight until I was 16 or whatever it was. But you don't know anything about what happened. None of that. And then he just goes, my dad killed himself. It's like, what? Like, now we understand where that anxiety comes from. And that yeah, for and me was real like, heavy real quick, right? Yeah. right. <laughs> like you just, it came out of left field and you're like, okay, I don't even know how to deal with that. Um, but I would say in season two, he's probably my favorite character in terms of his, his character arc and the way they develop him. So that's, that's me. Um, Grinch, what about you? Yeah, no, I agree with that. And only for the sake of offering somebody else, you know, I, I, all the reasons you said, um, 
you know, well, just focusing on Ted for a second. Um, it's, it's again, it's the, he's just holding so much in, you know, and he's got to put on a face and that's taxing, especially when you've got to be a leader, you've got to, you know, demonstrate calmness. And obviously the anxiety just started, it, it started fighting its way through to the point where he, he had to address it. So yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, you know, the, uh, I mean, for me, I guess season two is when I think Roy Kent just absolutely shines. Um, you know, everything from like his realization of where his relationship with Keeley stands to the funeral scene. Accepting um, his, the end of his career and the shift he's got to make. Yeah. The scene when he's on set, you know, I'll never forget. And we've used it when we talk about liquor leagues where he's like, we're not in the fucking locker room. We don't know, you know, why they did what they did. Um, I thought that was just an incredible uh, aspect of his character. Um, and then, you know, certainly kind of his interactions with Jamie there all the way to the very end. Um, like I laughed so hard when the scene where they're practicing and uh, Tart, I forget who has the ball. I think Jay, uh, like Danny Rojas has the ball. And Jamie says, no, I need to give him space so he can do what he needs to do. And Roy Kent just goes, fuck. <laughs> and then he walks off and everybody's like, what the hell was that about? Yeah. You know? <laughs> but another it's great thing, but it brought forward another great thing I love about the show, which is it doesn't over explain. Like if you're a smart viewer, you knew what he took from that. And you didn't have to see every hour in between his, you know, getting back with Keeley. Right. Um, and then certainly taking the niece all around, like they're going to find an orthodox or uh, dentist. a dentist, you know, like, dentist, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, again, they're all fantastic. Um, you know, it's one A, one B, one C in the sense. But yeah, I think Roy Kent for me, season two. Okay. Uh, Haas, what about you? Um, actually, I guess a little pull from that would be not just Roy Kent, but Roy Kent and Keely Jones relationship as a character arc, I think really grabbed me and made me ask some questions about myself and how I view my relationship, how I talk to my wife, how do I listen enough? Um, so I think there was something there in that, um, that really grabbed and pulled at me in season two. Uh, but a, a close one B to that would be, um, Sam Abasanya's character in season two. Um, all the different things that he goes through and deals with and how he acts and behaves uh, both on and off the pitch as a leader and as a personal individual. Um, just his character really grabbed me a lot in season two. I can understand. Yeah. That. I mean, standing up against the, the freaking um, the, uh, the guy from uh, the billionaire. Yeah. And then they're <laughs> sitting all over. I'll sit all over. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> he's just doing like that went south really quick. <laughs> and he's got he doesn't shake hands, so he's got the guy that shakes everybody's hand. Yeah, yeah no, I agree with you, Haas. Sam's character is fantastic in season two for sure. And Mac, let's finish with you. Season two favorite character. Um, season two favorite character for me would probably be Nathan Shelley. <laughs> Talk Only about a character because- arc, ma'am. That's it, right? Because it's somebody that you've gone from, you know, really kind of empathizing with and, and feeling like, okay, you know, this guy, this guy's finally made it, you know, things are going well, to I hope somebody sticks, you know, a needle in his eye because he's just a horrible, horrible person. Um, 
mean, you know, and, and you know, we we look at some of the reasons why he, he's that way because you know, getting the relationship with his father, kind of getting emasculated by other people, um, you know, feeling like he was kind of, I guess, almost let down by Ted. Um, but but to just be able to go from you know, really being invested to you know not caring if the character you know never comes back to the show was just I think a stroke of genius in their writing. You know, I, I, yeah. I'm glad you brought that up because I, I was going to ask, like, I almost needed to watch season two again what do you to see for? to see if there was enough there for me to understand why he felt like he had been left out and forgotten. Because in terms of, like, understanding the resentment of, like, not being appreciated given the relationship with his father and others, like I, that was crystal clear to me connected with it in the sense of like, I understood it. It made sense. It was, it was his animosity towards Ted that I was a little like reflective well, on of well, like, I, I, I think I, Roy Kent, then bringing Roy Kent in and leaning on Roy Kent more and okay. how and it, simultaneously He's leaning on Roy Kent more to do things and dealing with a lot of his own personal shit. So basically he's just ignoring or not nurturing Nate mm. the way he had been. And so Nate sees that as a great betrayal, even though okay. he doesn't fully okay. understand because how could he fully understand? He doesn't have all the information, Yeah, but he's, yeah, like, he's a damaged, he's a damaged person. I mean, it's not, you, you it's like Max said, you want to put a needle in his eye, but at the same time, I kind of feel like you want to give him a big bear hug and be like, look, buddy, it's going to be okay. You know, you need all the facts. You need all the information. That's the human yeah. element. That's the human element, though, right there. Yeah, and I think we were given his replacement as, like, every scene involving him and the kit manager was a reminder of where he'd been. And so he he was the one person he could take it out on. Yeah, it's the kicking the dog syndrome. Okay, yeah. You know, he had always been abused, so he, you know, and, and kind of talked to, talked down to by all the players. So he felt like, you know, well, that's just the way it's supposed to be, right? You know, I'm supposed to kind of dump on this guy. Yeah. And, you know, and, and you're it, right. It's the only person that I can because everybody else is still more, you know, he feels everybody's more important than him. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, certainly because of just his demeanor, his stature, you know, it's like a constant life of just overlooking. Um, and then, you know, him having kind of his brilliant insights when he did that got them to where they were. And then, yeah, for not to not be recognized. No, I, I get it. That, that's a good explanation. Well, and of course, it be, it comes to light when he's standing in the office with them, and they're like, and Ted walks out and he goes, "Doesn't it ever piss anybody off when you have a great idea and cred, uh, Ted takes all the credit?" And and both Beard and Roy are both like, "You know, that's how it works, that's right? Job. That's yeah. the job." And Nate just has trouble wrapping his head around and accepting that fact because it's like, look, I, I made the choice or I made the decision. I should be recognized. It's like, that's not how well, no, they, because when they, you're the figurehead, you get all the praise, but you also you get also all the take shit. All the heat. The, yeah. 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 Well, I, but, but I mean, clearly the kind of the way he gets looked down on it. I mean, it, it's very much, you know, kind of comes to a head as well with, with the whole uh, Keeley incident, you know, when you she know, he ends up kissing Keeley. Um, well, not only that, but you know, he you know he he tells Roy, and Roy's like, eh, okay. okay, and he's like, Jamie just talked to her, and you wanted to kill him. I you know I kissed her, and you don't seem that worried about it. I mean, it's because he doesn't see him as a threat. Yeah, and, and well, I think that's just you know another kind of you know straw he, on the camel's back. 
yeah. he misses the point too. the fact that they used to be in a committed emotional relationship, right. physical relationship. So of course someone's going to feel threatened by that. That's a former lover. That's a former boyfriend. I mean, yeah. you're, you're a guy who didn't mean any harm. You had good intentions. So hey, there's a disconnect there that I, I'm, I'm very interested to see how they, they roll that forward. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's it, and it, you know, they don't go to great lengths to elaborate on the notion of like, you don't always know what other people are dealing with. You just know what's mm-hmm. in front of you in the moment and you react to that. And so, yeah, I, I, I found that very fascinating as well. That arc of just kind of the, the, you know, the, the furnace, if you will, that's creating the next iteration of Nate is hitting at all the wrong times in some ways, but it's just happenstance, you yep. know, nobody's yeah. collectively doing anything with intent. It's just a byproduct of some other relationships. And Bad so situations. Forth. And because he doesn't have the luxury of kind of being high emotional IQ slash comfortable enough to ask questions, he just goes internal. And then it right. just he, feeds he that makes cycle. assumptions in his head. Right. Yeah. It just feeds I think we've cycle. all known. Yeah. I don't know about I mean, you guys. Shit, I've, done I've, it. I've been that way. Yeah. I, was yeah, I've say, I've done been it. There. I've been I had there. all kinds yeah. of theories that angered me and then found out later. I was like, oh, okay. Well, all right. I'm good. <laughs> well, in no way, shape, or form, speaking to that, what was your favorite scene from scene two, uh, season two? Um, um, I think the scene um, where he takes uh, what's uh, who's the captain that replaces him? What's the character's name? The captain, the captain that replaces. It's not oh, Thierry. Uh, it's not Thierry, is it? No, it's not. No, it's um. I oh want to call it. It's not right here in front of me, and it's driving me what, crazy. You know what, what I'm talking about? Oh, you're talking. Ta- are you talking about Isaac? Become- Isaac, Isaac McAdoo? Isaac. Isaac. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Isaac. So, um, the scene where he takes Isaac to the small indoor, like indoor court in well, the fenced area. Out- yeah, yeah, yeah. Fenced yeah, area. It's outside, area. and he talks to him about oh, reconnecting yeah. with the oh, joy yeah, of the yeah. game. Okay. Um, on top of the fact, it's so funny that he flips on his phone and both Ted and Isaac are like, huh? <laughs> Cause he comes out of the dark. Oh, yeah. um, uh, that scene. And then for a short scene, the scene where Ted keeps looking back at the stands at the therapist and she keeps moving closer. <laughs> Talk about that making shit, you uncomfortable. That shit was so funny. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So those are the two for me. Okay. Uh, Haas, what about you? Favorite scene from season two? Yeah, I don't know. Um, the one that just immediately pops in my mind was um, the funeral, that episode um, when they were all hanging out in what well, God, there was probably like three or four scenes in, in that episode that just, I mean, anytime sassy, what's your nuts is given, um, given um, the, the ex-husband shit. I just mm-hmm. love her. Like the mm-hmm. way she, the way she just cuts at him. I just, <laughs> I just I really, fucking die. Rupert. Yeah. I really just dig how she's just whatever. And then any, any scene uh, with Keely and Rebecca Welton, I mean, like uh, when they're back there and they're trying to figure out who she's sleeping with. And oh, she, she's like, Oh, Sam, shit. how did you know that? And, and they just, know? <laughs> and, 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 the, and the priest keeps coming in the tongue yeah. to be quiet. That was you know? such a great scene. I, because yeah. plus all the therapy that occurred in that like brief amount of time. Oh, by the way, whatever, yeah. the editing well, to cut back and forth between that and Ted was incredible. 
And, and I think Incredible. it's important to mention one of the things I really, really, really enjoy about the show. And we haven't talked about it much is there is a, it, yes, it's an amazing ensemble cast, but the women in this show carry so many buckets that the men don't in ways that men probably can't um, or may, I don't know, but there's, there's just a way that the women interact with each other and the way they treat each other in other shows. That's not what happens. And I think sometimes even in real life, that's not what happens. So they're trying to be a better version of what we should all be striving for. And there's just sometimes some of those scenes just really uh, grab at me. And I just really enjoy them. And of course that episode, I mean, getting Rick rolled, nothing wrong with that. I love the end of that. It's like, Hey, it's Rick Ashley. She's like, I thought he was black. He was black. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's him. It's like, yeah. Well, like I, I just want to real quick, like may may in the bar. I, right. it, she has these little poignant scenes that just crack me up. We all need a may in our lives. Don't we? we? Right. That run, that run <laughs> a pub. That run a pub. Uh, Mac, what about you? Favorite scene from season two? For me, it would, it would probably be the very first, uh, the very first episode of season two. The 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 end of that episode where you know they kind of do the the Love Island parody, um, only because I know that's so near and dear to everybody on this yes. show. Um, ah! No, <laughs> another reason you have to watch Love Island so you get the connection. You get the parody. Oh, and you I would rather oh, Jamie Tart <laughs> just got voted off Love Island. Man, it's kind of like ice cream. It's the best, you know. It's like seeing Billy Joel perform live. It never disappoints. Yeah. yeah. Um, oh, no, for God. me, I think maybe when when they kind of run into uh, you know, when when Roy and Rebecca run into each other out in public, you know, and he's out with his niece buying the dolls, and he's like, you know, look at the end of the day, they just want to be kids, just want to be around you, you know. Mm. And he's like, hey, do you want to go to my podiatrist appointment? Yes, please. <laughs> See, that's all they want. Yes. Um, so I, you know, I think you know, pretty much any of the uh, any of the scenes where you know Rory is interacting with his niece are all really good. Well, that, that was that was really good. I thought. How can we not mention Rebecca's niece? That that oh, girl she's, she's is one of your phenomenal. Favorites. You're talking about Sassy's daughter, no, right? Sassy's daughter. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I she is yeah. a trip. Yeah. Oh my yeah. god. She steals every tell- scene she's in. When she's oh, dictating yeah. the email. Yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. Boss Dear bitch. Fuckheads. Boss right. ass bitch. Boss <laughs> ass bitch. Uh, I think it was so good. Yeah. She was so good. The other scene I think that was incredibly powerful that mm-hmm. season is when uh Dr. Fieldstone is leaving and Ted basically chases her down, goes to her place, and he's He's kind of unloading on her and she's like, it's in the letter, Ted. And he's like, I don't give a fuck, blah, blah, blah. And she's like, it's in the letter, yeah. Ted. And he pulls it out. And like the way his facial expression yeah, starts yeah, yeah, yeah. to where it ends, it's like, you never know what's it, in it. And you never like, find out what's in the letter, Ted. You're right. Which is, I, I hope one day maybe we do, but. Yeah. Well, and then, no, I 100% agree. That was such a poignant scene. It, and it then, actually, uh, I got emotional then, on that one because I was like, and, fuck, man. Yeah, you're right. I mean, Jason Sudeikis, my goodness, the acting involved with reading that letter. And then to carry over to the pub where he orders the beers and then he runs out. And disappears. And she gets the little soldier and she's stole like, stole my fucking stole my move. Line. Yeah. <laughs> stole my move. Or, stole right? my yeah, move. yeah, yeah, yeah. Fucking just disappeared. Um, yes. Brilliant. So obviously season one, season two. 22 episodes phenomenal now we're talking well, about season three now 
I mean, we can debate the two episodes that were kickoff episodes that just got thrown in there because I'm assuming that's where you were going. Yeah, they, really they, 21 episodes by the time you rip out the uh, the Coach Beard standalone yeah. debacle. Um, but, and I believe the other one we determined was the Christmas the episode. Christmas one. Although that one, I, other than the fact that it not being anywhere near Christmas, still fell within the the realm of the show, I feel like. Right. The, uh, the Coach Beard episode just kind of was like, I don't know. I, I got we were down the rabbit yeah. hole on that one. Yeah. <laughs> and I was glad to find out that that was the reason why that was just kind of stuck in there was because they needed a filler episode. Uh, because otherwise I was like, yeah, I don't know where they're going with this. And I hope well, they don't continue this pattern. All of us were like, what the fuck was that? <laughs> like after that episode, yeah. you could just tell it was just, it was off from Maybe. what they had done, but it doesn't take right. away from the show in its entirety. So that's no, why no, I didn't want to get uh bogged down in that season one great season two great hands down no no argument obviously uh from an emmy standpoint uh that was echoed so we we move on down the road right we're greenlit for a season three which they're working on well i think it's important to note that at this time season three will be the end of the show yes which is what i wanted to bring up season arc and I'm shutting up now. Okay. No, no, no. It's okay. Yeah. I'm just saying. Are that's we why okay I was with going. that? Stealing your thunder all the time. I absolutely 100% am okay with that. It was written as a three season arc. Uh, they're gonna they they start a certain way. There's the middle. They wrap up nice and neat with a little bow. There is always that issue of going too far, and there is always an issue of going one season more than you probably should have. Outstaying your welcome, and as long as they know that they're gonna do it justice in three seasons, I'm good with that. Well, and, and the articles I've read have said that season three will be the last season for AFC Richmond. Should there, you know, should they decide they want to go on and do like pursue like a season four, it will be, you know, a new cast, a new kind of location. You know, maybe it's, it's you know, Ted going back to Kansas, you know, and, and what does that look like going back there to, you know, to coach or do something. But the, the arc of AFC Richmond will, will not be continued on for what they say as it stands right now. And I would like to see them stick to that. I, again, I think then yeah. you've done it justice. And like I said, you haven't outstayed your welcome because a lot of shows, we know it, a lot of shows get into that. It's like, oh, well, we can get another season out of this. So, like we said, and they milk we, can, it. we can squeeze yet taints, another. It taints all the, the previous work that came before. Uh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean, as we've seen with Game of Thrones, you know, you end it the wrong way and holy crap, that's all everybody remembers. Right. Um, the Twitter sphere will uh, you know, crucify write, you. Yeah, <laughs> writing and so forth, um, you know, I assume is not quite the same as like painting, you know, and isn't there a quote that's like, how do you know a painting's done? It's like when you stop working on it, you know, yes. like I feel like with shows and, and we've all seen like those lists of like best culmination or worst ending of a show. And then there's debate or sometimes there's just universal agreement. Um, I mean, at the end of the day, for those involved with it, at least where I stand, it's like, if it feels right, do what you think feels right. If the mojo's there, you got the right writers, you're still feeling it, the actors are bought in, then go. But um, but I suspect there's a pretty tremendous emotional investment that's come with this show that's probably hard to go, let's just keep doing it, as opposed to how powerful and poignant many of the things that have occurred in the show are to where you kind of need to, to like 
you got to you got to wrap it up. You yeah, gotta you got to wrap it yeah. up because it's just taxing, you know, in many respects to act like that over and over and over again. That's my suspicion. That's the way I feel. And my hope I is mean, that if, if God had wanted games to end in a tie, uh, she wouldn't have invented numbers. <laughs> mm-hmm. I, we, I, we got some curious connections to the point yes. season, but okay <laughs> i am hoping that when they do season three if it's 10 or 12 or whatever however many episodes ultimately they sign up for and, and do that at the end of the season it is literally a mic drop situation and they are able to walk away and feel like we did this season justice we've done the entire series justice and there's no need to revisit it nothing will be left on the table mac i think uh, you said this when i spoke to you about it like they are purposely wrapping up the arcs of every character in the next season yeah so there it it won't be well we're going to leave you with a cliffhanger maybe there's going to be another maybe there won't be like don't do that just say this is it and we're we're shutting the book and we're done and i think even then you don't go well let's take him back to to wichita state shockers football team and and like don't do that because you're never going to meet the same level that you had here I think going forward. Yeah. Well, what about what about again, spinoffs? Right? Would, you, would you guys be interested or fascinated if they did spinoffs? No, because I would. I like the way the characters are. Yeah, I think the, I think part of the the power of the show is the way the characters interact with each other. So Fair I think enough. if you take somebody out, you know, if you take say like a Roy Kent out and say, okay, let's do a spinoff of what his life after football is going to look like, if those other characters aren't involved. I don't think it has the same kind of power to it. Yeah. Uh, I mean, uh, to Max point, um, I, I would have, you know, like a lot of these things we've talked about, it's like, I'd have to see what the concept is. Cause like we were talking about in our reboot remake episode, like you're not going to get me just because you say it's a spinoff. Like right. that's not guaranteed. I'm, I'm following along here. Um, you know, and, and I, I suspect I mean, this is a bit of lightning in a bottle they caught, you know, and, and it's, it's the, the holes greater than the sum of the parts and they're all bringing mm. up the best each other. That's so hard. To it replicate. is lightning in a bottle. Like you yeah. said, so, sure. it's so hard but, to replicate. Well, and, and, and I here's think, the I thing, think, right. I, I was going to say, you know, we, we go back to the beginning of this episode. We didn't think that, you know, a, a four minute, you know, TV commercial could be strung into three seasons of a TV show and they've done it great. So, go, go so, so Chris, your point, know. right. Yeah, well, look at all the Emmys I they have to done. prove us wrong. <laughs> That's true. I think we've done that repeatedly on this podcast. It goes to show what we know. Um, but no, I think to your point, you're not going to get me to watch it, Grinch, just like you said, just because it has Roy Kent or just because it has Jamie Tart, you know. But if it's done right, absolutely, I'll buy in and I'll watch it. Yeah, but well, Bill, Bill Lawrence has the the shadow of Scrubs' ninth season med school hanging over his um, head. Where what are you talking he, about? So he learned his happened. lesson, right? He learned I, I his lesson. I think he learned his lesson, right? <laughs> like, and now, now yeah. his goal, his goal is like you know to go out like Willie Nelson, go out on, on top. A high. Well, you won that high. Super Bowl. Walk away. You got that championship. It, you know, stop. It, yeah. Ahead. And the high IQ of this show suggests that everybody involved with it probably has a good feel for the notion of, <laughs> you know, Hollywood's notorious for from the producer of like they want to tell mm-hmm. you what they've done before to convince you it's got to be good. Right. You know, mm-hmm. as opposed to just show me what you got coming. I don't necessarily like the actor unto his or herself. Is not what's going to get me? Like, what's the product? I mean, that's the way I am. And so um, in terms of anything that would come out of this, 
it's either a yes or a no. I would just have to take it at face value and then go from there, but it's not a guarantee. Uh, so <clears throat> I think we agreed this show is a winner, hands down. Uh, for all of our listeners out there, if you haven't, it's on Apple TV, may or may not be able be able to stream it depending on your access to it, but it is absolutely worth seeing. It's a phenomenal show. Um, well, and here's the, the important thing to point out right now is Apple TV is $4.95 a month. Both seasons are out there. It, it's well worth $4.95 to invest and go, go binge watch it. And there will be a season three. They know that it's coming. Um, yep. So I, I would suggest if you have the opportunity, go out and see it. All of these characters are absolutely, absolutely worth getting invested in. It won't be difficult. Believe me, this is not, it's one of those things. And we talked about this, like when we watched this show, we were watching it week to week. It wasn't all out at one time. So you had to wait a week and it was like fucking Wednesday, fucking Thursday. When is Friday coming? I'm ready for this. Yeah. Do we want to talk about having to go back and watch TV like that again? Jeez. Well, it's funny. (laughs) We did talk about that idea. Uh, I think we did. Yeah. Yeah. Cause it was like, it was kind of fun. Everybody being on the same page. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cause then you focused on the same spot, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah as yeah. opposed to just speaking of it in totality. And uh, you know, it's also funny uh, Thor, you know, when you teed up this um, I was listening to uh, uh, Dusty and Danny in the morning on ESPNU Sirius XM and um uh dusty asked the question of like well what's the statute of limitations on when you can discuss something that's aired and they were going back and forth of like you know we're we're on the radio we run the risk of spoiling something unknowingly and so they had that debate of like a question how long like i feel comfortable about how long we've waited like right you know you either have decided to watch it or you're waiting for that spark to get you to watch it we talked about a lot of stuff but it doesn't it doesn't ruin the show like no. good there's so much crap we left out well, and we, that's the that's the best statement that could be said about this show we could we've just spoiled a shit ton about it it doesn't lessen it or ruin it one iota i mean i watched all of it and then i went back and watched it and then i went yeah. back and watched yeah. it a third time and i knew it yeah. was there so yeah and I you don't picked think up something new it. every time i feel yeah. like yeah. absolutely it's just so good that's great and you know what? Yeah. At the end of the day, we put a disclaimer right at the beginning of this episode. Spoiler alert. So stop listening right now if that's your thing. But ultimately, yeah, I don't think we gave away anything that's that's going to ruin this show for you. And frankly, if it does, that's on you, man. That 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 might speak Shame. to your character and less about the, less about the show. <laughs> um, so with that being said, yeah, we're going to wrap it up here. This wasn't a debate. This was simply us being able to, like Grinch said, we waited for the statute of limitations. Once that had passed, we decided we wanted to talk about the show. Everybody's had the chance to watch it. Yes, it was it was painful because week in and week out, we didn't have to wait. And we'd get to that, you know, the episodes would air on Friday. And then it'd be like, has anybody seen it? And if, and then, of course, you can't talk about it because somebody would be like, I haven't seen it yet. And it's like, fuck. Okay. And we all know who that person was. Usually me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, you didn't yeah. tell me a dog was involved. Sorry. <laughs> but at the hey, end hey, of the look, day, nobody, if nobody that's a joke, I love episode. it. If not, I can't wait to unpack that with you later. <laughs> Mike, nobody touched on that episode of, you know, uh, of the penalty kick with Danny Rojas. I thought that's that right. was hysterical. Right. Uh, uh, and the yeah, little puppy it, that comes around the second oh, time. Oh, man. Yeah. That's it. Um, all right. So let's, we'll go ahead and wrap it up there again for all of our listeners. If you hadn't seen it, go check it out. If you have go watch it again. Uh, and we are looking forward to season three. Do we have an air date? Have they released an air date in terms of season three yet? They have not that I have seen okay. released an air date yet. 
And how about, we, how about Danny walking around in fancy shoes? <laughs> yes, and they're killing no, just him. That, how about oh, when he steals him. Rebecca's slippers? Yes. He's slip, he's walking slip, around the yeah. house. She's, she's, like, rich, she's like, like rich lady slippers. Yeah. That's right. Um, so, yeah, we, we can do this all day long. It's a great show. We could turn this into a couple of episodes, but we're going to leave it there. So, if, like I said, if you get a chance, go out and check it out. Uh, be a part of the conversation. Feel free to go to aspiriteddebate.com. Drop us a line. Uh, you can check out our drinks. You can check out all of our past episodes. There are Favorite a lot of scenes. them. Yeah. Uh, we are looking at uh, 92 episodes now. So we're, we're pushing 100, coming up on the 100th episode. That's going to be a big celebration for us. Looking forward to that. Uh, drop us a line at spirited at gmail.com. Love to hear from you. A drink you'd like us to try or a topic you'd like us to debate. And we will do our best to have you on the show. So we will wrap it up there. I will bid you adieu and you all have a great day.